Hey, hey, wizards, and welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. Today, I am your host, Naomi, and I'm joined by none other than Eli Lipscheidt. He is the co-founder of Escala, expert for systems and processes in the Amazon industry, and he has overseen over 100 systemization pro- projects on Amazon brands, agencies, and aggregators. Eli, it's... Wait, 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 wait. Lippy, that's the better one, because he likes there that. You go. <laughs> Very good to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Everyone, um, everyone hears like my name is Ellie or Eli and everyone's like, who is that guy? But then as soon as people say <laughs> Lippy, it clicks, which is like, it's just been my name forever. Yes, yes, yes. But you know what? It's like, it's interesting. I'm not sure if you read the, Dale, is it Dale Carnegie? How to win friends and influence people. And since then, it's like, they're saying that the, the name of a person is the most important thing. So since then, yeah. I'm always like pronouncing it. And I love it that this is like short behind the scenes moment. He was like super kind and he was asking, how do I pronounce correctly the name? So I totally appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, definitely. So yes, as I was saying, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You've been already uh, presenting for the Wizards of Ecom group, I think two years yep. ago, something similar about systems and processes. Also your co-founder um, was already, Yoni, he was already on yep. the show. Uh, we were talking about um, how to hire and how what to look for whenever you're going to hire, right? Um, yep. A VA. But this time we're talking about systems. So today's topic is systems simply because getting back three years ago, I think when we first started, I had no clue what systems are. And most of our audience are still like, they don't know what systems are. They don't know what processes are. And I think this is super crucial since, yeah, if you really want to quit the nine to five, you really have to have systems in place. Otherwise that won't be possible, right? So please walk me through how do systems, first of what systems are, and then how do yeah. systems works? Yeah, so really great introduction. Thank you so much. Um, we we sort of decided that we wanted to focus on systems right after we finished in our Amazon business. We had a, an exit sort of during the early wave of the Amazon exits. We were one of Thrasio's first acquisitions. And we what we were doing really well was building systems for our team. We had a huge team in the Philippines and a very small team in in Israel, which is where we live. And pretty much every uh, core function of our business was really nicely documented and and really beautifully set up for scale, almost to the extent that it was a shame that Thrasio sort of came in and didn't take any of those systems. Um, and when we sort of started going to conferences and speaking to other people in the Amazon space, we realized this is actually a really big problem. And a lot of people don't know how to set up systems for scale uh, or for sale for that for that reason as well. So we um, we said, you know what, we're going to build a Scala and dedicate a lot of our time to working out what's the best way to build systems for e-commerce businesses. And now we've looked at over 100. And what I can say is that the best systems in the world, they break it down into three components. And that's kind of very uh, foundational to our philosophy in a Scala is that you have people, process, and technology. And all of those three things need to work together really beautifully in order to have a business system. So um, it's harder to define a system, but it's really easy to define what would happen if you didn't have a system. And I think a lot of people in in Wizards of Ecom, I know you've got people at all different levels of selling on Amazon, but what uh, what it feels like to not have a system would mean that you can't go on vacation um, and you're working sort of seven days a week, even if you're not at the office or at your desk, you're always sort of on your phone, answering emails, answering Slack, uh, you know, 
things don't get done the way you wanted them to get done. You, you feel frustrated by your team members. If you have any, that they're not working the way that you wanted them to work. You're not launching as many products as you wanted to. And it's not because of a lack of tactical Amazon knowledge. Everyone talks like the whole industry is obsessed with tactical Amazon knowledge, which is really important. Like what's the best way to do keyword research and how to optimize your listing and all of that. That's super important. But the next step is how to actually do that at scale. And that's what a lot of Amazon sellers get. Um, that That's where they break down. And that's what we're sort of dedicated to is how do we build a system so that your business isn't going to rely just on your brain or you and your partner's brain, but it's going to rely on a system that can really take your business to the next level. Love it. Super uh, thorough explanation. So who is this strategy for? As you were saying, it can be at any level of the business, but what did you see that it's the most crucial to, or when should someone apply this strategy? So I think um, the purpose of a system is to get the most out of the people who work in the business. And very quickly, you'll notice that you're spending a lot of time, even if you're very much at the beginning, you're spending a lot of time on things that you don't need to be spending time on and that you could delegate. And the best way to delegate is through a system. So uh, even if you're you know, very early on, you're six figures, let's say five figures, six figures, it's good to start out doing everything yourself. So you get a taste for everything, but very quickly you'll notice that there are repetitive processes that you don't need to be the one doing them. And a system would help you free up yourself so that you can focus on much more important things. So let's take an example, like customer support, 90% of the tickets that come in can be answered with the same five canned responses or bookkeeping, which really doesn't require like a huge level of expertise. It's just a lot of really tactical work. If it's um, manually pulling reports from Seller Central, these are things that are very, um, that they need to happen for one reason or another, but you don't need to be the one to do them. And a system can sort of help you get out of that as quickly as possible. So when people think of systems, they think of SOPs and ClickUp and Wiki, and, and that's amazing too. And we do that too. But even if you're starting out, building a system can really help you free yourself up to work on other areas of your business. So you, no one should really be thinking, I'm too soon for systems because there are things that can be systemized. And you know, even if you just systemize it so that you can outsource it to an agency or outsource it to someone you know, from an offshore region, that's already going to free you up to focus on launching new products or optimizing more listings or whatever it is. So we believe that systems should really be there from the start. Um, you don't want to have process for the sake of process. So you don't want to just go systemizing everything when there's no one to actually delegate it to or to automate it or no way to automate it, but systemizing so that you can delegate in traction. They call it delegate so that you can elevate kind of rhymes. It's a bit nicer. Um, that is, you know, it's never too early. Uh, and, and we believe that Amazon sellers would be, it's much better to focus on that from early days rather than to get to a point where the world is on fire and you simply need systems and you need to pause everything in your business so that you can systemize. 100% love that. So you were talking at the beginning about systems, processes, and people. I think here a question would people, be... People, process, and technology would be people, the Yeah. All right. Good. So people, process, and technology. So systems yeah. versus processes. Walk me through like what, what is the difference? And also like systems versus goal. What is the difference? Yeah. It's, it's a good question. I think a lot of it comes down to semantics of how you define words. The way that we define it is a system... And we have this nice like slide that we show everyone in our in our Scala walkthroughs. A system equals people pr plus process plus technology. So 
a process, for example, is this is how we conduct keyword research in Helium 10. We do these five steps, but then a system would be every Monday, the graphic, uh, the keyword researcher goes into Helium 10 and and conducts these four process steps. So the system is kind of like how the, not only the process, but how the people integrates with the process, integrates with the technology. Amazon sellers tend to focus very much on the technology. And then after that, the process, they tend to forget about the people because the next part of a system with the people is like, what's the KPI? How do we measure that? How do we incentivize that? So the system is kind of like more all encompassing than process, which we define as one third of a system. Um, and then your second question about what's the difference between systems and goals. So I think a system is a vehicle to get you towards your goal. So you can set, you know, targets for specific KPIs. So let's say it's re recurring revenue, uh, sorry, like revenue or uh, profit, whatever it is, that's going to be a, a target that you set. It can also be like a, you know, launching 10 products doesn't just have to be a monetary uh, goal, but then the system is what actually can help you get there. Um, the system is kind of like the blood in, in a human body. That's kind of the way that we talk about it. It's not necessarily the point. The point isn't the system, but the system is what helps everything else work. And, uh, and obviously like without blood, you, you wouldn't be able to survive. So that's kind of the analogy that we like to use. Love it. Uh, when someone would start right away, which are the first things that they should like, for example, let's say I have no clue what systems are, but I'm listening to this and it, now it clicked, right? Now it makes sense. How should I think of my business in order to see it, to really systemize it? Like, which are the first thing that I should look at or which are the things yeah. that can be easily like, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think, um, the annoying answer is that it's different for everyone, but mm -hmm. the, so I can give a few examples of things that I think are good to systemize early on, but the rule that I use when I'm thinking of those answers is the law of delegation. It's not a rule that we made up, but we use it. Um, the law of delegation basically states that when you get to a point where someone else can do what you're doing 80% as well as you, you should delegate. So let's say I am, um, you know, creating the listing bullet points for all of my listings and I'm launching 20 listings, a year, 20 new products a year. So I don't need to wait until someone can do that 100% as well as me. I just need to wait until someone can do that 80% as well as me and then delegate it using a system because they will catch up that, that final 20% and probably a lot more because they're able to focus on just that. Whereas I've got my focus spread across lots of different things. So this law really helps entrepreneurs make the business greater than just themselves. Because if you wait until someone else can do something hundred percent as well as you, it's probably never going to happen. So we use that law of like, wait until someone can do something as well as you 80% and that's the time to delegate it. So um, there's a couple of sort of different uh, characteristics of a, of a task that we look for. One is repetitiveness. Um, so how repetitive is a specific process? If you're doing the same thing over and over again, like for example, report generation, it's really just click here, click here, you're done. And you do the same thing every day or customer support where it's like, there's not a whole lot of variability. That's something that we look for when it comes to what you should delegate first. So customer support is one that I say a lot. I know that Amazon handle most of it for FBA sellers, but, um, but you know, it still does take a bit of time and more importantly, focus like the value of just five answering a support ticket for five minutes, then getting back to doing what you do. Like I know for me, that's, that's just a focus killer. So 
um, I would say anything that sort of like drags you away from your focus, like customer support. But then there's other things that, you know, are just really time consuming. That's another characteristic we look for. How long does it actually take you? If, if it takes you 10 minutes a month, then you don't need to worry about delegating it. It's okay. But if it takes you, you know, an hour a week, then maybe that or an hour a day, then that's something you should look to delegate. So something like, you know, optimizing PPC campaigns, it's not the setup of the PPC campaign, but the optimization, maybe that's something you can delegate really early on, just creating like a really clear system and rules of how to optimize. Um, that's the beauty of Amazon. It's so data driven. So those are sort of the things that I would look for. It really does depend on the type of business because, you know, you have businesses that launch with five ASINs and then you have businesses that launch with, you know, within a year, they have like 50 ASINs because they're just in that specific category. And the advice would be different to different types of businesses. Also, you know, private label versus agency versus wholesale, it's all kind of different. So I like to talk more about the theory of the law of delegation rather than uh, rather than like giving specific f- examples like, hey, everyone delegate this first. No, but that's that's great. And I love that you were saying like with optimization, that is something that it's always the same, right? And you are going to make up your own rules and based on your own rules, you're going to apply them. So uh, I like also that you were saying, hey, hey, those are two different processes. One is with optimization, second like campaign creation, right? So for uh, the PPC year, like I'm doing it for my business, right? Like this is my private label. I want to do it this way. I'm going to do all those steps. You might not even realize that those are different processes that you are wearing so many hats in the same time, right? Yeah. So I, I like that you you made that difference. So I love that. Which are the most common mistakes do you see usually when someone starts up with processes? What are the things that they don't understand? Let's start that way. <laughs> it's a good question. And it gives me the chance to get really nerdy and, and sort of dive into, uh, dive into topics that other people might not find so exciting, but I find them really interesting. Please so. Do. <laughs> so when you're documenting SOPs, a mistake that people make is that they document, they think of, okay, what's the most complicated uh, process that I have in my business? And I'm going to go into Google Docs and create a step-by-step, or I'm going to create a 20-minute Loom video, and that will be the SOP. Um, and so they go like, they start off and they just go for the deepest, darkest process and document that. And it just focuses on like a micro component of a business, but there's no greater context to like, what's the purpose of this SOP and where does it fit into, you know? So a lot, a lot of people will come to us to a Scala and say, yeah, we've got like a lot of SOPs, but no one uses them. And actually when we do present like live presentations, I think we actually did this when we presented with wizards of Ecom. we sort of say like, how many of you have documented the same SOP twice? Like how many of you don't know where to find all of your SOPs now? And so um, the, the most common mistake we see is like people just diving straight into creating the SOP and not stopping for a second and saying, okay, wait, how is this going to work at scale? How are we going to document? How are we going to sort of store all of the SOPs? How are we going to link the SOPs together so that they're not just like siloed documents, but that there's actually like an entire flow to our business. And it's going to make sense when we try to integrate this into ClickUp into a project management workflow. And it's going to make sense when we try to document this as a wiki with like, you know, it's going to be intuitive to navigate. So that's the biggest mistake. And the number one tip I could give to avoid that mistake is to start off by process mapping from the highest level down into like the most complex level. So we have something called the process hierarchy. We don't need to jump into it now, but it's basically a triangle um, with level one at the top and level five at the bottom. And level one is just your core functions in your business. It's like, you've got 
product research and development, supply chain, product and brand management and customer support. And like, that's a typical Amazon private label business. That's level one. Level two is like, okay, what actually happens inside of product research and development? You've got product ideation, you've got product sourcing, you've got product development, you've got, you know, um, like supply, whatever you've, so it, it kind of breaks down processes. And then level five is the click here, click here instructions. So that's what I would, that would be my tip for avoiding the number one mistake is start off broadly document the high level process map of what which processes actually exist within your business. So you can always zoom in one level down. You don't need to actually create every single SOP. You know, it would be nice if you did and we can help you do that. But to start off with, I would say document sort of the high level, how does our business work? And then all of a sudden you've created like a, it's, it's almost like a management system for your system. Um, and then And then your SOPs actually have like, they don't get lost and it's it's much more intuitive to navigate. And at the end of the day, you're not creating those SOPs for yourself. You're creating them for the end user. So you want to make it easy for the end user to find those, to use those, to update those, to maintain those. Uh, and a lot of people fail in that, in that specific section because they just dive straight into, I'm going to document the most complicated process I can think of. Um, and there's no shame in that. Uh, most people make that mistake. And I think what Escala is trying to do in the e-commerce space is show people the correct way to approach systemizing your business mm -hmm. i love it i was promised nerdy i'm still waiting for that yeah. <laughs> this is like super uh, on point i love it so here the the my like as you were saying okay for zoom out and then zoom into processes um and you were also mentioning clickup so we are also using clickup and the first thing that it came to mind is like really a mind map right like these are the yep. four steps and then these four steps are having these like ramifications and those two ramifications are having like four more or ten more or whatever yeah. so would that be the process there to just like um ideation or how do you call it yeah so we um we document our process maps on miro uh we mm -hmm. but you could do it on a on the ClickUp mind mapping tool i think it's a great tool um what you want with your process maps is for them to be as readable as possible. So you do want to, even though it's annoying and, and I'll be honest, I'm terrible at it. I've got a great team that helps me out with it, but like you want it to be aesthetic. You want it as much as possible to go from left to right, top to down. So you don't have like all these crazy arrows that the eyes can't really follow. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the purpose of that process map is to give at a glance, a story of how a specific process works so when it comes to like listing creation, let's say you want to be able to look at that process map and say, all right, straight away, I can see there's four people involved in this process, graphic designer, copywriter, uh, product, product key keyword researcher, and then the product manager, let's just say, so we've got four people. Okay, great. It starts off. What triggers the process? I can see straight away. What's the first step? What's the second step? What are the decisions that need to be made along the way? So it, the, the idea is that within like a two minutes of reading a process map, you understand, okay, this is how it works. And the boxes inside of a process map, you can sort of think of them as SOPs. And the purpose of a process map is to link different SOPs to show you how to get things done in the business. Um, so that's kind of the way, that's our philosophy on the process map is that uh, it, it should tell a story, it should be readable, it should be digestible. And then it gives the reader the option to go deeper into any of the steps to work out how those steps actually get done. Mm, love it. Um, a, a frequent question that I'm getting always is like, when to create SOPs? So what's the best answer there? Um, so I, I think 
I, again, it's, it's an annoying answer because it's like, I don't think anyone should go and create an SOP until they've really invested some time into thinking about the process map, which is the zoomed out version of the SOP. Once you've got the process map, that's the point where you can sort of say, okay, in the product listing creation process map, there are 12 boxes, let's say, um, which of these 12 do, is it important for us to document? And usually that's going to be, which of these are we, are we looking to delegate? So for a lot of people, it's like the keyword research process, because um, a lot of people are already working with graphic designers, let's say, or copywriters, but the keyword research process, they, they're often doing themselves. So then it's like, okay, out of all these 12 boxes, I'm going to focus on documenting this SOP. Um, and I'm going to really think about how I do this step-by-step. Step. Some people like to document in a Loom video, which is really good. It's, it's a lot more comprehensive. The downside is it's harder to edit. If you just want to change one thing, it, it's not as searchable because you can't really type in those keywords and just find it. Even though Loom does have a, a pretty cool uh, uh, sort of a trans transcribing tool. Sorry, that word escaped me. Um, but so I would say once you've got the process map that at that point, you can say, okay, what's most important for us to delegate next? Use the law of delegation that we spoke about before and say, this is the one I want to delegate. Now I'm going to create an SOP and it's going to be linked to that greater business system. So, uh, and by the way, we, we give out templates for how to do all of this um, pretty frequently. And, you know, if you look hard enough for a couple of minutes, you'll find those templates that we've sort of circulated in the e-commerce space. And I think that they can be really helpful in understanding how do you process map? How do you, uh, how do you actually create this SOP? What, what format should the SOP take? Um, and that can, that can definitely help you out as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I do share away all the templates and everything. So people can also really like really apply this in their business, not only like, okay, I listened to the episode that it was cool. Right. So yeah. I, I love how you put it as far as I understood, it's routine and frequency or or priority when it comes to SOP creation, let's say keyword research, that is something that needs to be done at least like monthly, right? Yeah. So based on that, that's the most important thing. I'm not going to, I don't know, create an SOP for something that is not as important and I'm not doing it as often. So did I yes. understand correct? Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's different criteria that you can sort of give as to what do we, which SOPs do we want to prioritize in making? You don't need to make them all at once. I would say you hit the nail on the head, like the repetitiveness. Um, there's a couple of other things I would look at, like how, uh, how urgent does this SOP tend, does this task tend to be? Because if something's really urgent, you probably don't want yourself being the one to do it. Um, you probably want someone else in your business to be the one to do it so that, you know, you're not, dragged into doing this task every for 10 minutes every day uh, and not, it can't wait you have to do it now like that's that's definitely something that's going to impede your ability to to uh, you know do whatever you do best um so urgency is one i would look at also impact like you probably don't want to delegate the things that are most impactful to your business you probably want to keep those close unless you hire an amazing specialist in your business which i think eventually everyone should do um, so there's a couple of different things to look at, but definitely the number one would be like, how frequently does it happen? And when it does happen, how much time does it actually take from you? And then as well, just the quality, like how how um, how much of a compromise of quality is it going to be if you are to delegate this? There always is going to be a compromise. So we say 80%, that's that law of delegation. Mm -hmm. I love a lot that you were saying how compromise of quality is there. Most of the time, uh, like also we got the question lately, um, 
we have the Wizards of Ecom group here in Fort Lauderdale and it was a totally legit question. It was like, okay, I have this, 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 things that I need to be done, but they are super like you, you, the person like the hire would need a lot of information on you that there's like credit card data and so on, you know, and those are the yeah. things that for that level to, to be like, to have that kind of assistant, you really need to build trust. Right. So I, I love that you mentioned that. Yes, it's also skills, but it's also there's a trust factor there that should be like a, whenever you're going to delegate something that should be built up beforehand. So, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of finding the right person, which Yoni, my business partner, talks about a lot uh, in his presentations. But it's a combination of that. But then also, you know, how how much support are you giving them once they start? And, and a big part of that is like, what systems do you have set up that they can fall back on so that they don't need to send you a Slack message uh, every hour when they get lost? Mm -hmm. um, because eventually they'll just feel embarrassed and stop sending you and do things wrong. And that's when the compromise on quality happens. So it's probably a combination of those two things is the, the quality of the person and the quality of the onboarding support. Yeah, definitely. Are there any, any other mistakes there as well that you see that are happening? Like when newbies are making, you were talking about... Uh creating the systems or SOPs that is like for something that is yeah. not so important. I think something that's really, yeah. Something <laughs> really common in the Amazon space. I think the Amazon space is so amazing. Um, but something pretty common that I see that's, you know, kind of a shame is like Amazon tactics are really, really important. Um, so, you know, how to best optimize your listing or how to best do product research or all of these things are so important but I get the sense that people place a tiny bit too much uh, focus on it and emphasis on it to the extent that they forget about like strategic things. Um, so that's, I would say one level above tactics. So tactics is sort of like how to win at the Amazon algorithm. Strategic is like, you know, should I be selling on Amazon? Should I be launching on Walmart? Should I be launching in Canada? Should I be, you know, going to UK or should I be investing my cash flow into new products? Like that strategy is kind of sometimes overlooked because people just focus on tactics. But then I would say one level below tactics is the operations. So um, if you're, you know, an Amazon seller and you really find your entire days being spent on how to sort of increase my conversion rate by 0.5% or 1%, like that's good to an extent. But then it, there comes a time where you are the CEO of, let's say, a multi-million dollar business. You should not be focusing on tactics every single day. That should be for a specialist who specializes in that pool of tactics. And you should be focusing on strategic things, um, but then also like freeing up your, your company's operational capacity. So it's kind of like you, you start to ignore the tactics because you bring in specialists or agencies. And then you get to focus on the strategy, which is the most fun and the most impactful and the operational, which is what makes every it's the blood, right? It's what, it's what makes everything work. So, um, so that's kind of my advice is that once you get to a certain point, just try to find a way to get yourself out of the day-to-day -day tactics. Cause you're never going to be the expert at everything. Yeah. Amen to that. Listen, listen closely, perfectionist, me included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is brilliant. I think the last question would be why ClickUp and why Miro? Yeah, um, Miro is an excellent tool. I mean, uh, Figma is also a really good tool. 
but I think we've just built all of our templates on Miro. And I think Miro has such amazing integrations with a lot of other tools. What I love about Miro is like, you could never have used it before and you'll find it extremely intuitive to use. Whereas process mapping tools that we used to use like diagrams, it's, it's, All right, so I lost you. I'd set up there and it's, you know, extremely user-friendly. Sorry, Lippi, I lost you when you were saying diagrams and afterwards, oh, I didn't hear you anymore. Sorry, sorry, no sorry about that. Go on. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so do you want me to just answer the whole question again or should I? <laughs> go on, <laughs> yes, you can go okay, on, it's so, fine. Um, yeah, so diagrams is a tool we used to use you know um there's a couple of other ones there that are like specifically for process mapping but they're not always so easy on the end user and that's the whole purpose of building systems is for the end user so we um so miro is like you pick it up and you just know how to use it straight away it's very intuitive it's drag and drop um and and you manage to keep it looking really good even if you uh, even if you've never used it before, it's not like you staff it all up and you can no longer read the process map. ClickUp is a, you know, ClickUp is in a, it's in the project management space. There's a lot of amazing competition out there. Um, Monday.com, Asana, Trello. I think Asana and Trello are sort of more the beginner level where it's really just the Kanban drag and drop experience. Um, ClickUp, what we love about it is that it's got Monday. Uh, sorry, it's got ClickUp workflows, which you use on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's connected to something called ClickUp Docs, which we use as a wiki. So ClickUp Docs is almost like Google Docs, but you can sort of organize it kind of like Notion. You can organize it in a way that it can act as a wiki and it's extremely intuitive to navigate and you can link the, the wiki and the workflow. So what we do is like we have our day-to-day -day workflows that are, follow the same steps as a process map. And then if you click on one of the tasks in a workflow, you can straight away from there, open up the, the correlated SOP inside of a wiki. So ClickUp, it's it's for the um, integration of the wiki tool and the workflow tool, which are kind of the two pillars of what we build. Uh, workflow being what you use on a day-to-day -day basis to manage process. It can be, each task can be assigned to someone. Each task can be uh, given a due date. You can have discussions within that task uh, environment. And then the, the wiki is, you don't necessarily use it on a day-to-day, -day, but it's where you store all of your SOPs. It's where you make sure everything is updated. So th those two things working together really nicely. And by the way, Miro integrates with ClickUp really nicely as well. Uh, and they all integrate with Slack. So those three tools are kind of like very central to, to what we do. But having said that, in a Scala, we'll, we're kind of agnostic in terms of what we will systemize other people's businesses with. So if someone comes to us and says, hey, we want to use um, Monday or Asana or Trello, we've got a lot of experience with that too. Um, and, and each platform kind of has their pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Okay, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, ClickUp is my favorite. And also I like Miro. Honestly, uh, we also use ClickUp and the mind maps. Now they're whiteboard, they're not there. Like Miro is like the beast, right? But uh, still, it's, it's good. And I love also the searchability on ClickUp. So this is why I was curious because that was also yeah. my uh, tool of choice. But then it's like here, huge like heads up. If you're going to start up with ClickUp, just start with the basics. Don't don't yes. go into the all the details and all the views and everything because you're going to like, we were lost for three months. We were lost in the best sense possible. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah it's it's great. Yeah, I think, um, I think like people choose 
the features people choose which tools they use based on the most exaggerated features mm -hmm. and at the end of the day end up using like the the bottom 50 percent of features that are just really crucial to the day-to-day -day. um so i couldn't agree with you more like don't go into ClickUp and try to use every single feature that you were sold on just start off by using the basics build the Jane, if you're going to look through this, uh, or whoever is going to edit, could you please make sure that all these like dropouts, um, we're going to cut these pieces out. And hopefully the guest is going to come on. this the last words that i heard it was the starting with the bare minimum 
and we were talking about ClickUp and this is going to be mm. the last thing that we're talking about and then we're going to go into how can people get a hold of you and wrapping yeah. up the show, okay? Okay. Sorry to your editor. No worries. <laughs> go on. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. So I think um, ClickUp, the most important thing that you can do when it comes to ClickUp is start off by just using the most basic functionality. Don't worry about all the bells and whistles and really focus on getting the day-to-day -day usability uh, kickstarted in your organization. So the first thing to, to look for is make sure that everyone's logging into ClickUp every day. Make sure that no one has like a thousand outstanding notifications and then ClickUp just becomes this overwhelming thing that you're too scared to, to check. Uh, and then once you get to that point where like ClickUp really is the central business working hub of your business and it's replacing emails, it's replacing Slack and really everyone's going to ClickUp to discuss things. It's, you know, it's managing your, your workflows really nicely. Then you can start to add in some of the automations, the dependencies, the different types of views that everyone loves to talk about when they're selling the product. Uh, but, but really like start by focusing on the core. Loved it. To be super respectful of your time, you just really brilliantly delivered. But before we're wrapping up, uh, a few questions that I love to ask all my guests. The first one goes like this. What is your $50 or less investment you recently made that made you better at creating systems and processes? Ooh, that's a really good, uh, that's a really, really good question. Um, you know, I'll say something like really silly, but I just purchased it's slightly more than $50, but I just purchased a, a Headspace annual subscription. So the monthly subscription is a bit lower, but, um, but, you know, I've been getting really into meditating, uh, to be honest, only like 14 days. So not, I'm not like any guru or anything like that, but it's already really helping me focus. And I think, um, focus is, is such an important component to creating SOPs because you really need to take yourself out of the day-to-day -day or what we call like take yourself out of working in the business and go to working on the business for a second and say, what are the things that I want to delegate most? What are the systems that are most important for me to create? So probably just getting your head into a space where it can really focus and, and you're not always caught up in the sway of the day-to-day, -day, which happens so quickly to Amazon sellers. And you can uh, and you can really start to focus on like what is my business going to look like in three years, five years? What is my personal day to day going to look like in that time? And how do I? What are the steps I can take today to make that happen? Uh, and it's almost always building systems uh, with clarity. So I hope that was a good answer. That was definitely a good answer, and it was a good reminder for me as well. I did Headspace for a while. I didn't anymore, and yeah, definitely I should go into it again yeah i've also been in and out i'm uh but hopefully this time is for good <laughs> yeah definitely so if it was three favorite books that you could recommend to anyone which would be and why yes this is a definitely a good question for me i i do love my books um so i would say the number one is traction that's a it, it dictates something called the entrepreneurial operating system so if you just read about operating systems like people who did, you know, business management degrees and things like that, they probably know about corporate operating strategies, but an entrepreneurial operating strategy is something that's a bit more niche and no one really talks about. So Gino Wickman in Traction talks about that in a very practical way. So it's kind of step-by-step. Step. Um, another book that I would recommend is Working Backwards. Uh, it's all about, and it's kind of cool for Amazon sellers to learn how Amazon runs internally. It's all about Amazon's mechanisms and leadership principles and uh, and you really learn, you get into the mind of Jeff Bezos there and the entire Amazon team and how they ma manage to achieve so much uh, so quickly. 
it's it's no coincidence, you know, and they go into lots of new different industries, but they use the same mechanisms and principles. And that's a book that that definitely really helped me. Um, and then if I had to give a third, although I don't like to narrow it down this much, but um, I would probably say Good to Great is, a, is another really good book for understanding systems. Like what do all companies that went from good to great share in common? And there's some really uh, amazing mechanisms in there that you can pretty much always apply to your business, even if you just started selling on Amazon one to two years ago and you're not even good yet. Um, but but those are things that you can really start thinking about. And it, it's a great book for for learning like how to build DNA of a business that's going to become great. Brilliant. I That's my on to-do list, like listen to the good to great. The, the first two, they are brilliant books. So I, I totally agree. I give my blessings yeah. for those ones. So... <laughs> Thank you so, so much once again. How can people get a hold of you, say hello, find out more about your services? I know that a course it's coming up or it's already out. Let us know yes. more about that. Yeah. So um, in terms of getting in touch with me, I love talking to, to anyone, no matter the level. I'm most available on LinkedIn. That's probably my number one platform. It's Ellie, E-L-I, Lipschatz. Uh, or you can probably just type in Lippy and find me. Um I post a lot there about Amazon processes and systems and, and book recommendations and things like that. Uh, something really exciting is that we just launched something called the Escala course. Um, Escala up until now has been a consulting agency and we have a team of about 40 management consultants and we do kind of like very detailed one-to-one um, -one consulting, but that's made it very expensive and, you know, not expensive, like too expensive. I think it's amazing value, of course, but and it's not available to everyone, especially people at the start of their Amazon journey. So we set out to make it something called the Escala course, which was much more affordable. Currently it's at uh, $1,500 as a launch price. So try and get in quickly because that launch price is not going to be there for, for too much longer, but um, it, then it'll only go up to sort of $3,000. And I think it's it's something that people at the start of their Amazon journey can really look go into that and say, okay, how do, how should I start designing my systems? They don't need to be fully fledged systems just yet, but it takes you through every single step that we do in a Scala project where we're doing the work. It literally makes it as DIY friendly as possible. It gives you all the templates. It gives you all the, you know, all the secrets, the secret source, even though I really wouldn't say we have any, it's just, we do the work and we, we've got a very structured way of making this happen. And uh, you can sort of learn from this course as well, how you should be designing your Amazon systems, process mapping, SOPs, click up, you know, we, we kind of give it all away. So, um, so I hope, uh, I hope people find that helpful and check it out. We kind of made it for people at the start of their, at the start and in the middle of their Amazon journey. Um, and, and we're getting some really cool feedback on that. So you can find that at, if you go to weareascala.com, um, Escala is E-S-C-A-L-A. All right, that's brilliant. And for fifteen dollars, uh, fifteen, yeah, that's fifteen hundred. That's really a steal. Uh, let me tell you that if you are doing it on your own, you would invest way more time, way more energy, and way more like wasted. Like, okay, what's this? What's that? What's that? Three hundred videos on ClickUp, and then you figure out, hey, I don't need all that. So that definitely, <laughs> I do recommend that. For sure. Lippy, it was a, an absolute pleasure. I certainly hope that you are going to be once again on the show. And for our dear I would listeners. Love to. Yeah, thank you, thank you, and thank you for our listeners. Be sure to chime in next Wednesday, and I will be back. Take care. Bye.